Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I am Andrew Cooper. That's I'm weird. Cody I never, Wilson. I never say my last name. Why did I? You're Andrew Cooper. Yeah, but we never. I'm Cody it. Wilson. No, this fine. is episode 33. 30, 33? 34. 34. Last week was 33. Right. Right. 33 is also a really awesome song by Smashing Pumpkins. It's just, it's also got two threes in it. Yeah, I think that makes it kind of catchy. Yeah. But this is 34, so 34. Um, so last <clears throat> week, episode. obviously, was our Star Wars special. Very right. successful. We want to thank you guys all for uh, for giving us feedback. We got some good, positive feedback on it. Yeah. Um, we will be discussing several things that we had to overlook last episode due to uh, our viewing of Rogue One and, and wanting to you know, discuss yeah. that before we saw it. And not just that, but having our good friend Kevin... On and uh, just talking about our perspective on the Star Wars universe currently, which would definitely be different than our perspective on the Star Wars universe. What four years ago? Cheers, three, dude. Three years ago. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm happy that I'm happy that we are all in a better place as Star Wars fans. This was the movie that could have been. Because this Force could've, Awakens this... was somewhat polarizing, it wasn't. Yeah. But some people liked it less than others. Yes. And same with this, this one. Yeah, but I will say this one seemed to be more unanimous, if anything, from the from the hardcore Star Wars fans. Yeah, but I think it's every just hardcore Star Wars yeah. fan that I watched, or mm-hmm. probably watched, every hardcore Star Wars fan that I talked to loved uh, Rogue One. Yes. There were a couple hardcore Star Wars fans who didn't like Force Awakens, which is interesting to me because despite the one complaint I could see someone making, which is the the plot reflection of A New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, it's still a perfect movie. Like, There's just nothing like wrong with the acting or the visuals or the music, the ed- sound. Not, I didn't think they got any of those things wrong. I think the, no. the only thing is people let it ruin them that it's so, so similar to yeah. episode and the, four. The and weird thing is that they they broke it down to the same to the simplicity of it. Like they broke everything down and went, yeah, everything's a new hope. And it's like, okay, we're going to forget the fact that Ray's character is entirely different than Luke's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to forget the fact that there is a Finn dual, is an there's a dual new protagonist. Character. Yeah. Like, these are both the main characters of this movie. At the mm-hmm. end, it is definitely Rey. But, but he is still a main character. Yeah, he's still a main character. Uh, Poe Dameron is the Han Solo, but he's also the Luke Skywalker. Like, the or, no, he's, he's the... The he's, Wedge. He's the Wedge with the Han Solo. It's You have these combination of characters that are entirely different. And you have the old mentor who does die at the end by uh, someone who is close to him. Uh, but... It was different, whereas Han Solo didn't really want to be Rey's mentor at the beginning. Like, it got to the point where he yeah. he just accepted it, whereas with Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan has been watching Luke ever since he was born, and knew it was going to be a, like, a certain point was going to come that he would train Luke. Well, where, I, where I've always, you know, here's the deal. The plot itself... It's the synopsis that's the most similar. The plot yeah. itself actually is not. Yeah. The end game of, you know, the whole thing was finding Luke. Finding Luke. Yeah. So that in itself it would be, was different. 
So, they just went about it where the synopsis yes. reflected the the plot, meaning the problem, the th- mm-hmm. what the, the problem they were trying to solve. Like Star Killer Base, as far as like you know, thinking out a weakness in it, that was just kind of a side note. I mean, yeah. they were at the end of the day, they just really wanted to find Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only complaint that I have is, and it wasn't that was the Rebels' entire thing, and but that was the main plot of A New Hope was destroy the Death Star. In this, the rebels wanted to take out Starkiller. The protagonists just wanted to save Frey. Right. Like, that's all Finn wanted to do. All Rey wanted to do was get off the planet. Like, she mm-hmm. didn't She didn't want to blow it up. The only person that did was... The people that did was the rebels and uh, Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's part of the rebels. But those... The everyone have different... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the rebellion. The thing is, I like calling them the rebellion still, because that's still... I mean, let, let's be honest. That's... Um, their legacy was the rebels. Yeah. Like that was that, that was. Yeah, I think. Or the they're, 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 they are legacy of the rebels. I think the reason is because they're not rebelling against anything. Right. They literally are resisting. Like, they, they well, they they really are. They are the government. Yeah, the new republic is the new. Is the new, government of mm-hmm. the the galaxy, and the new order is trying to take that over. So they're resisting. First order. The first order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. New order. Is it, is it the first? It's, it is the, it's first, the order. first order. I'm oh my gosh! I have to interject this because you know this was I keep so... getting these names wrong. I I just need to go watch Force Awakens again. I love the Force Awakens. I like it every it's time good, I see it. It's good, good movie. And I'll talk about it. I'll talk about Rogue One. I'll talk about my feelings about which one I thought excelled in this category and that category. But one thing I want to interject before we get too far into the podcast is I was uh, at a urinal in a restroom in a restaurant in Bellevue this weekend and I had one of those moments where you see those memes and it says only Star Wars fans can see this Mm -hmm. and it was me looking down into the urinal and underneath or I should say what's supporting the puck Mm -hmm. was a rubber uh, I don't know what I don't know what you'd call it, like a some kind of ring, and mm-hmm. the shape of it was, uh, no joke. It was the original Empire logo. Oh, really? Maybe they got a couple details, you know, that weren't, you know, that weren't the, totally there. Yeah, but just you know how it's like the circle in the middle with the essentially like some kind of a circular with the um, trapezoids on the sides. Right. Yeah. It was. It was just like that, and mm-hmm. I was like. This really this <laughs> and I was like, only Star Wars fans can see this. Yeah, I was like, I should take a photo of this right now and make a meme out of it. Yeah, but I'm not going to because okay. I didn't I didn't have the energy. But usually you see things like you know ATATs in the clouds, or mm-hmm. you see those memes where it's like only Star Wars fans can see this. Yeah, but it was just really funny that of all things, their logo looked like the Empire's logo. So it's a pretty good logo. Yeah. Anyways, we can get on to important stuff yeah. now. I just had to share that. Super important is Spider-Man Homecoming got a trailer released, uh, and it's wonderful. And it makes me so happy, Cody! It makes me so happy. Well, the trailer. Yeah, it's an amazing trailer. Yeah. For those who... We didn't get a talk about it last time. We, uh, we very much recommend seeing it. There's a... My favorite... I got two favorite parts. Two favorite parts that we've already seen... Spider-Man. 
in Civil War, and we saw how funny he was. Like, he just kept talking, and mm-hmm. he was goofy, and it's like, we got an awesome Spider-Man in action, but we barely got any Peter Parker. And, I mean, we, we got Peter Parker, in a sense, it's like, yeah, he's a great Peter Parker, but this was the movie that I was worried that, in the large scale, they wouldn't do Peter Parker right. And two scenes have solidified, I am, I am fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy this movie. I'm going to love this movie. This is probably going to be either my number one or my, num- my number two go-to for Marvel movies. I can already tell you that. Uh, number one is there's a scene where they're they're at their school, uh, and he has a friend who's pretty much ganky from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, who is Miles Morales' best friend. Is just this larger like Asian kid, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty much who. Uh, his friend is in the Homecoming movie, which I I can respect, just because they're trying to bring other characters, even though they have different names. Um, they're trying to bring other characters from another franchise over. Totally cool. But they're sitting there, and he goes... Uh, he talks about Liz Allen, and uh, they're, they're talking about what she's wearing. Mm-hmm. And the friend was like, well, maybe you should stop staring at her. And, uh, and then a girl looks over and goes... You guys are losers. Yeah. And it's like, yes, and, this and, is. And then Peter does this gesture with his hand. Yeah, it's like, it's like, what? And it's and to me, it's the people in the school see Peter as a loser, like, and his friend as losers, and that's what needed to be done, because the nerd stereotype does not fit nowadays. It just doesn't fit, um, because those types of nerds are either uh, in the shadows and they're just creepy. Like, the Peter Park, the nerd that Peter Parker was, was he was a, he was a mama's boy kind of nerd. Like, he wore the sweater vest, he wore the glasses, he was smart, <laughs> he didn't look down on other people, but <laughs> no one respected him because he was a nerd. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's, that's not a thing nowadays. Um, when I went to school, any of the people who are, like, actual nerds, mm-hmm. um, that would be portrayed like that nowadays, were, were jerks. Like, they were jerks, and they were, they were, like, they smelled, and, like, it it was annoying because I, I wanted to have sympathy for them, but then they would always brush me off. Like, they would always push me away, and it's like, I would try to hang out with them. Um, Yeah, I knew those guys in in high school, too, and the the word nerd, I think each generation looks at the word differently. Like, I I think um, in the baby boomers generation, like our parents' generation... Um, you think of, like, the Poindexter look, yeah. where it's, yeah. like, they didn't necessarily smell bad, they just didn't, they didn't know how to look cool, Yeah, they, like, they didn't know, like, how to dress anywhere, like, you know, appropriate with yeah. their timeline in and life. It's, and it's funny, because I consider myself a nerd. Like, I, and I, like, when I, I totally went, consider when, myself a nerd. When I went through school, I had this mentality of, like... I'm, I'm, I am the nerd. Like, I am a nerd. And then one day, I think it was, I want to say it was either freshman or sophomore year, uh, like, I go into a GameStop and I see someone I know there from mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. and, like, I I go to go play, like, a DS game demo, I think it was Ninja Gaiden, and they came up and they're like, are you, are you a nerd? Like, I, I've known this person from school for a while, and, like, they knew who I was, and they're like, Andrew, are, are you a nerd? I was like... I thought it was obvious. <laughs> it was just like this moment of this girl who I knew, uh, who was in there with her friends. Um, 
she had to ask me, like, am I into nerd things? And I was like, like, well, I didn't know you were into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, it was just like, you didn't, what? what? You didn't know And it was just weird. It was weird for me to have the, be in this spot where it's like, I was pretty sure I was in a, like, a thing that I've never had and I, I, I've never been able to fully understand because I've never been that place with people is, I was never bullied. Uh, in elementary school, middle school, high school, that was never a thing. And it's, it's this weird place where I want to have a connection with this group of people. Um, and then they bring up how, and then they bring up school and how they were mistreated because of the, their hobbies and interests. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't have that connection Hmm. because I, I never was that way. I, I am very fortunate to grow up in a community uh, I would say the Pacific Northwest is just so, uh, so kind in this area, because a lot of us are so based around tech. Um, in a community where people don't look it down on uh, on that stuff, um, where video games are kind of accepted, and like it would be cool now where comic books are such high praise. Yeah. Uh, before. Um, it's funny though. There are there are still like. Those people that I meet, I mean, I, I won't name names. I have friends who, uh, things like comics, geek type movies, like Star Wars or you know Batman, Star Trek, whatever have mm-hmm. you. They don't get it. Um, yeah. They kind of every once in a while like try to take wisecracks at it, mm-hmm. but at the, at the end of the day, they kind of know like they're the ones who are behind the curve yeah. for not getting it. Yeah, and or at least maybe maybe they don't recognize that, but. They don't have anything to shoot us down with. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, if you're making fun of me for liking Star Wars, A, that's just dumb. Yeah. B, that just makes you look lame because everyone's seen it. Yeah, and, and you're, you're in the minority now. You're in the minority now. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so when people say, oh, yeah, you're kind of a nerd, I'm like, yeah, I know, and it's in right now. And it yeah. probably, I mean, I guess it could go out, but I don't really see that happening anytime soon. Uh, not with Disney at the helm. No. <laughs> like, that's, it's crazy to say, but Marvel, Marvel comic book movies are here to say. It's crazy that DC is still trying so hard. Yeah. Like, that's the weird thing to me. The thing is, is their movies are making money. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're making money is because someone sees comic book movie and they go and see it, even though it's terrible. Like, these people are going to go pay, pay to see Marvel and DC movies just because it's action superheroes and that's what they do. I mean, Transformers. We have a fourth, maybe a fifth. I I don't even know. I think it's, it's yeah. I think it's, it's Transformers four. Transformers five. It's five. Yeah, Dark of that's Moon. Right. The that's right. That's right. I okay. Yeah. Uh, and those still make a ton of money. And I just don't get how. Any oh, I'm sorry. Before we go on to this topic. This yeah. anymore. What you're trying to say is that Peter Parker is represented yes, as an old school yes. nerd. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's represented as a loser. Like that's the character. That's what you need to get down. Is that even though Peter Parker is a nice kid, he's just awkward, no. and no one really likes talking to him. And people are going to look down at him at his school because he's he's just kind of a loser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the that's what they needed to do with the character. They didn't need to do the whole, he's a super nerd. Um, the reason I can say that I wasn't bullied in school is because I knew how to... Uh, because the, the matter of fact is I do have charisma. And so I know how to become friends with people and not alienate others. Um, 
But so that that scene, and then there's a scene where uh, Tony Stark goes to open the door, and uh, and Peter Parker hugs him, and Tony Stark goes, oh, yeah. uh, "Not hugging, you. not hugging you, just opening the door." Yeah. And it's that little moment where you, Peter Parker, just does not understand these social cues. Yeah, and it. It's really yeah, awesome. Tony like leans in, and, yeah. and, and, and Peter's like, "Oh, uh, oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's gonna give me a hug." Yeah, and he just starts hugging him, and and Tony starts like, "Stop, please, this is awkward," <laughs> and it's awesome. And Guardians of the Galaxy trailers because we saw that trailer. It's also cool to announce that Spider Man will also have a sequel. They're already they're already saying it's going to do well, uh, and that sequel is set for 2019. So. Great. So I'm excited. More Guardian, Gu- Guardians trailer? Guardians trailer was also really good. The new one. The second Guardians trailer. Not the original teaser trailer. But the, the new one. I thought the other trailers were okay. Like, I, well, they've only released one. It still made me... What's yeah. up? They've only released one. Did I say trailers? Yeah. I just mean... Trailer. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was like... Oh, Alright, the yeah. teaser was... It was solid. I was still going to see it. But this one, man, got me really excited. A, it had one of my favorite classic rock songs in it, not done by one of my favorite bands, which is the song Fox on the Run by Sweet. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the song, Google it. You'll never be able to get it out of your head. Or just and watch the Guardians trailer. In the best trailer. way. Or watch the Guardians trailer. Yeah. Um, I will say on I that. I really liked... Uh, I will say on that. that I Because I talked about this with the Suicide Squad trailer. Mm-hmm. How I'm annoyed that they're just forcing pop songs and like classic rock songs into these trailers, and so like we don't need this. Mm. The reason I enjoy it for the Guardians of the Galaxy, it's his playlist. Trailers, it's his playlist. Like it, it actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like they have put it into the universe why this music is playing, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's beautiful. They have it was the playlist or it was the tapes, the mixtapes yeah, that, that his mom made, made for him, and it's and it's awesome because that's. To me, that's a downfall Suicide Squad had. Suicide Squad didn't have a good uh, soundtrack, and it was just a music video for each character. Like the, well, I thought the, a lot of the songs they picked were good. They're, they're good songs. I'm not saying they're bad songs. But I'm just saying it it takes me out of the movie. It wasn't really when a, these songs. It wasn't really up. a soundtrack that made sense. Like yeah. Um, in terms of sequence, it just kind of went all over the place. Yeah. And then the beginning is literally a, a music video for each character. Because mm-hmm. each character's intro has a different song uh, that goes on for a little bit. And so that was what I have to say. I, also, I Fox enjoy. on the Run fits the vibe of the trailer, unlike Icky Thump for the Justice League trailer. Oh my gosh. Which was the so worst, out of place. The worst choice for music. I'm sorry, Justice League, that needs something like... It needs string music. It needs, like, John Williams-level epic string music. And it needs an entirely different script. Yeah. With different characters. <laughs> Except for Wonder Woman and Batman. Those are good characters to have. Well, I mean, All I'm saying is, where's my Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern, man? I know. I mean, they put in Flash, and then Barry Allen's not Barry Allen. It's Wally West. Huh? It's Wally West. Like, that's... They've given Barry Allen the Wally West personality. He looks like neither of them. That's I what, know. That's what I'm saying. Oh. He, he's he got black hair. Yeah, I know. 
Like, he doesn't look like... He's he... neither blonde nor ginger. Yeah, no, he doesn't yeah. look like... He doesn't... At, at least the Barry Allen they have on the TV show is a cross between blonde and ginger. Well, he's like a... Uh, it's more v- like dirt dish, dirty blonde. Yeah, in some moments. He has brown hair in others, but... No, I, I get you. I, still, I get you. I still love... Grant Gustin I still love Barry Grant Allen Gustin. Wonderful. He's it's because he's confident in what he does, whereas this one seems not... And, and to me, I don't get it because Barry, they're trying to make it like this is the Spider-Man of the team. That's what they're doing. Right. And the the original Flash isn't. Like, he makes no. clips. But he's like, he's confident in himself. Uh, Spider-Man does, does this kind of like, well, yeah, but Flash makes jokes, but he's not um, running his mouth the entire time. Yeah. Hal Jordan is the quipster. But they don't have that. They don't have Green Lantern. So. They had to fill that void. It's just funny how they make a bad superhero movie, so naturally they're going to make another bad superhero movie because they leave out the other character because they probably figured people wouldn't want to come see it because that movie had another bad superhero in it. Or, or probably. The, they, they, it's, it's like they're avoiding Green Lantern. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. almost like they're avoiding Green Lantern because that movie sucked. Yeah. But now this movie is just going to suck because they don't have Green Lantern in it. Yeah, the problem wasn't Green Lantern. No, the problem was it was poorly made. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, I don't know. Cyborg and... Who else is in it? It's Cyborg, Flash, Wonder Woman, and Batman, and Superman. Why I just don't get why Cyborg is in there and no Green because Lantern. Because Cyborg no is Green currently Lan- a member of the Justice League in the comics. That's the only reason. Uh, and they need to di- they need to diversify. So instead of give, getting rid of my favorite, then put in John Stewart. Yeah, as Green Lantern. Yeah, I don't uh, care which or, Green Lantern as long as as long as it isn't Guy Gardner. Oh no, Guy Gardner. Yeah, he can't be the first. But well, he can be uh, in the movies. I love, I just I'd love to see a Guy Gardner. Um, you know, I just want my Kyle Rayner. You're a Kyle Rayner guy? My half Latino, half white Kyle Rayner. Is he half Latino? Yeah. His name I wouldn't have guessed. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, don't judge books by their covers. Don't judge books. Or by how they're drawn. Because he just looks like a guy. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Or my favorite, uh, green black alien... John Jones. Martian Man. John Johns. John Johns. How do you pronounce his name? John. 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 It's like a John. It's John Johns. John Johns. J apostrophe O N. G J O N Z Z. I know how it's spelled, and I just never I just always called him John Johns. Yeah, I did too. Martian Manhunter. Who is Green, but he's black. He's black. I love in Young Justice that they totally just went ahead and gave him like a Jamaican, like Cuban accent. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And just the shape of like and when his he goes, features and, when and everything goes, about when him. When he goes into human form, it's like a black guy. <laughs> and with, with white skin? Yeah. Like a, like a lighter skin, yeah. Yeah. Um, Originally he was cool, white because it was in the 1960s, but... He's a much cooler character than... Than uh, Cyborg. Yes. 
I just don't understand. Like, I read the Cyborg comics. I just re- recently started watching, reading them. And they're just... I don't know. I'm, I like it, but I don't. Like, his character just isn't that interesting. There's nothing about... Let's take a look at, like, solo movies. If you saw those... Dude, let's say they had, like, one of your favorite directors. Mm-hmm. A guy you know is super capable. They're like, they're making a Martian Manhunter movie. Wouldn't you be like, oh my gosh, they're making a Martian Manhunter movie? Yeah. Would you get that feeling that they're like, oh my gosh, they're making a cyborg movie? I just, I don't no. know. I, I don't think I even... Like, I would still be excited. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Whereas, like... I'd be like, we're going to go watch this movie. No, if, if I saw that... I don't know. But... Name, 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 name an awesome director. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I mean, any any great directors, like, they're yeah. making a Martian Manhunter movie, I get excited. I don't care how fantastic... Dude, a Ridley Scott Martian Manhunter movie? That would be great. So good. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 Cody, Cody, the guy who did District 9, what's his name? Neil Blomkamp. Oh, yeah. Blomkamp. Blomkamp? Uh... If he did a Martian Manhunter movie, I would lose my mind. Lose I my mind. I can see... But if he did a cyborg movie, What's his I name? would lose my Never mind. Never I want Gareth. Gareth Edwards. I could see him doing one. Yeah. I don't know why, but I could see that. I would want him to do a Green Lantern movie. I'd want him to do a Green... I'd want him to do all of the more cosmic yeah. DC characters after seeing Rogue One. Yeah. Sorry, I had to. I had to return back to Rogue One, which we will be returning. We will back be. We'll, we will be talking about it. But I had to. I had to make a connection there. Because yeah. I thought the directing in the movie was great. Yeah. But um, I just forget his last name. I'm just like Gareth. I just <laughs> Gareth. But Gareth. <laughs> um. DC is excelling in every other media, though. Yes. Medium. Yes. Marvel, not so much. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like they've just devoted all their attention to. Ah, uh, I mean, they've got two of the mediums tackled. Which one would you say besides movies that are they doing super well on TV? Well, Agents of Shield, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's. Jessica Jones didn't super excite me. It doesn't super excite me, but Cage. it's actually rated higher than Daredevil, so... That's just... And it's more well-received than Daredevil was. Really? Yeah. That's just silly to me. I know. Silly to... I mean, Daredevil's my number one. Don't get me wrong. Daredevil... Well, Daredevil is awesome. Uh, and then Luke Cage was... Is also getting an award this year. I just can't believe Jessica Jones was rated higher yeah. than Daredevil. It got... It got awards. It's just goofy. Uh... But yeah, Agents of Shield. I would watch Agents of Shield. Current Agents of Shield. And you know, this actually, is, this is a, this you're, is a you're, testament. You know, pardon me, Marvel. Marvel is doing better. I guess what? Okay. The so only TV I was, show I, I was including TV and movies in one category. I'm okay. talking. If you're talking live action, then just Marvel. I was trying to say animated and comics. I say DC. Yeah, Marvel hasn't does, done an animated. They don't which really, makes me annoyed. They don't do animated stuff. It doesn't seem. Uh, and the comics, yes, DC is definitely beating Marvel right now. Um, and games. Marvel really isn't making any games, which makes me annoyed. Uh, the newest one we talked about two episodes ago was Marvel vs. Capcom. 
uh, Infinity, mm-hmm. what's called. But I am excited. I watched the trailer and the gameplay, and I'm stoked for that game. I really want to play it. But, uh, but yeah, Agents of Shield. I would say, and this is this is currently what's happening. Is I am more excited for an episode of Agents of Shield than any DC TV show. I know you love Agents of Shield. And I, I mean, I stopped watching Arrow. I tried to attempt Supergirl, and I have only watched two episodes of Flash this year, and you haven't watched any. And so it's like they were killing it with season one of Flash. Season two of Flash was good, but in my opinion, it wasn't as good as season one. I uh, would I would agree with that season one seemed to build build on each episode and you kept getting more and more excited yeah there are parts in the flash tv season that build obviously but there's a lot of i don't know little twists and turns that i thought were i think it was necessary the things they had barry do in season two just really put me off yeah it was it wasn't even like it's because they were stupid things, which I just feel like Barry wouldn't do. Number one, not telling Patty Spivet who he was. Uh, to me, it's yeah, an ar- that was just it's a an stupid archaic, mistake. It's an archaic uh, concept. Concept. Uh, not telling telling Patty Spivet, even though she knew. Like that's the thing. She came out and was like, "You are the Flash," and he's like, "No." Yeah. She's like, "You're what are you doing?" And then he goes and tells his ex girlfriend like outright. That, that was so dumb when he told he and then, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. And then so stupid. I and then that. Cisco I tells the the barista like instantly too. And it's just going the one person who should know, no one's telling. Yeah, that was really reasons. really that was really irritating. Yeah. It was bothering that me. That was a rough patch of the series to watch. Yeah. Even cuz Patty Spivet. Patty Spivet Cuddy. I know she's lovely. She, oh, she's the best. Uh, and we then, liked, I mean, we like her more than Iris in the show. Oh, nothing, down. nothing against Iris, but Patty Spivet is maybe, uh, maybe the best character in the show. They're from the streets. I do love. They're from the streets. Wally West. Oh yeah, uh, just put me off. Um, why am I forgetting? Uh, besides Patty Spivet, I also love. I mean, obviously Barry, but uh, Joe. Yeah, I sure. like, I like him a lot. Oh, Cisco's, Cisco's great too. Cisco's wonderful. Uh, and then there was a moment with Killer Frost and Caitlin Snow where she un, like, she let Killer Frost out of the, of her holding cell instead of the man in the box who they were like, who's the guy in the iron mask? And she could have just taken the information she was given. That was a really bad, that that was bad writing. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And remember, and the whole thing, Killer Frost, man, when, 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 uh, when that actress plays her, was it, was it, was it, oh yeah. Yeah, she's a, I, I disliked that actress. I disliked Caitlyn Snow in season two more than I disliked Iris. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Iris, Iris's character grew. She got better. Yeah. Way better. Was it season one? She was only really annoying in the first couple episodes when she's like, when when the Flash repeatedly tells her to kind of chill out on the hyping because he's like it's gonna drop. I don't know. She was pretty terrible throughout the whole first season. You thought so? Yeah. 
I was just gonna say I noticed it throughout the first half of the first season. Was yeah. like, I was annoyed with her. Like, not as annoyed with her than I was with Laurel and, uh, and Felicity. And, but, and Arrow. Uh-huh. But... I was like... Well, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're most annoyed it's, with. It's also because I, I, I really like Iris in the comics. Oh, sure, yeah. And she's nothing so, like her. So. What was just annoying to me were, like, the numerous moments when she and the Flash had the same conversation in the first season, where he's like, you need to kind of chill out yeah. on drawing all this attention to me because all it's doing is making things more dangerous for me and people I care about. But people need to see who you are. Yeah. I just told you <laughs> you're making things more dangerous. Yeah. Can you please heed my advice? Yeah. I think I know better than you do. But people need to see who you are. <laughs> yeah. They had this circular let's conversation, see, and it was CW. so freaking annoying. Legends it's like, of Tomorrow, man. That was oh my that was that show in a nutshell. You know, I know some people who told... Like, I know a couple of folks from uh, one of my jobs who uh, said they enjoyed some of Legends of Tomorrow and I was like I haven't seen it yet I mean I'd, I did give, it, lo- I'd that, give it a 7 I don't know the Maybe uh, the costuming there. didn't do it for me uh, the only costuming that's bad is the Adams what was that one uh, villain which one uh, I think it was a villain on either Supergirl or Legends of Tomorrow the Red Tornado that's not a super villain that's a that's a that's a who, hero who, who on is, Supergirl. It's on Supergirl. Yeah, I, I still have not seen that episode. Red Tornado's a hero? Yeah, Red Tornado's in Young Justice. He's the robot. That's Red Tornado. Oh my gosh! It's the exact same character. How yeah. Did, how did I not notice? Doesn't that make that image way worse? Wait, wait, now wait, that wait. you know who that character is? Oh, duh! Well, if, oh my gosh. I don't know. Okay. I think you might be thinking of the Crimson Dino from Iron Man. Who is also a red robotish character? Oh, yeah, because they don't look anything at all like in Justice in Young Justice versus the image I showed you. Yeah, yeah, that's a really bad outfit. Yeah, I rem- I remember the outfit. Yeah, I remember like how grainy and like weird the the costume looked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So TV not doing well. Uh, another bit of news is. Just came out this week that apparently Margaret Cho, who is a female Asian American comedian, uh, she went off on Tilda Swinton's portrayal of the Ancient One, who is originally Tibetan, uh, in the Marvel, in Doctor Strange, Marvel's Doctor Strange, and she she was saying how. Uh, Tilda Swinton's insensitive for accepting the role, blah, 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 saying that she ignored everything Margaret Cho was saying. Then Tilda Swinton came out and released the email that she had, uh, email exchange that she had with Margaret Cho, and it just came off that Margaret Cho has no idea what she's talking about. Wow. Um, that Tilda Swinton was actually very respectful and had class about it and was saying how she, uh... She thought what Marvel did with his character was actually very smart. Um, and it's actually the opposite of what people are, are saying it is. It's not whitewashing the character. It's actually trying to portray the character with respect and not putting a, uh, Asian characters into a stereotype. Right. Um, because they could have done the age-old, like, stereotypical Asian-Chinese master and pra- portrayed him as a Chinese master, but they didn't. Um, they actually were thought about, and they said, let's not be all about stereotypes. 
So we got Tilda Swinton to play uh, this ambiguous aged um, character who doesn't really... Uh, they actually went for more of the character as a Gaelic background, which Tilda Swinton is um, Scottish, so she understood, and she was able to play that character very well. Um, she made that a big point with Mordo as well, because Mordo, who is... Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from 12 Years a Slave, who... He was the the other sorcerer. Yeah, no, I know who you're um, talking about. I never remember that his name. character is also uh, Asian in the comics, um, and they made him they made him black. And so it's it was actually Marvel's way of going around and saying we need to make these characters less stereotypical, um, and we need to try to di- diversify these characters. Um, and you can say, well, then that just ruins it all. And I was like, no, because then you still have Benedict Wong who played Wong. Like, they still had um, that Asian character, and that is important to Wong's character, is he is Asian. Um, whereas with the Ancient One and with Mordo, those that's not really a defining, um, that's not a defining fe- feature or trait of the character is their racial background. So it was really cool to see Tilda Swinton um, explain it, and actually in a very respectful manner, and then you have Margaret Chow just kind of like throw everything she says out the window, and... Really interesting emails. I would definitely recommend you guys research it and see. Um, and it just it made me respect Tilda Swinton even more because um, I I've I've always liked her acting um, and I loved her as the Ancient One. Uh, I loved her character and her tragic character in the movie. Um, but yeah, so a bit of a uh, bit of drama that we saw. Uh, some cool things about the TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that I was talking about just earlier. One of my favorite parts about Season 4 is that there is a ghostwriter. And they're doing ghostwriter spectacular. Like, he's awesome. And Gabriel Luna, who is the person uh, who is play, playing ghostwriter, Robbie Reyes, um, he actually drove all over Austin, Texas to a bunch of different comic book shops to celebrate the release. Marvel just released their new run of Ghost Rider. Uh, and so whoever got the first the first issue while he was in the store, like he would sign it for them, which Ooh. is just a really cool thing to see uh, an actor embracing the character that p- they portray. I'm hoping we actually get a Netflix series out of him or another ABC series. It would be cool to see him and Punisher meet up. That would be and, like, pretty sweet. If they did their like dark version of the Defenders. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. Um, he was another guy who, I, mean, I don't know that he signed much for fans, but I know that was a dude. Yeah, he went the, to different stores, what's yeah. The guy, what's, the guy, what's his name from Walking Dead? Uh, why do I always forget? I always forget his name, and he's so great as Punisher. John I know it's Barithel. John. I always went J. Baruchel. <laughs> I think it's John Barrett. J. Baruchel is... Is it, is it of, J. Baruchel? I'm no, pretty sure it's no, John. No, J. Bar- no, J. Baruchel is an actor. He, oh. He's Seth Rogen's friend. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. And he, no, he, John Barrett. No, anyways, uh, he... I heard he went to everywhere from, like, New York to L.A. to Seattle to Detroit buying yeah. comics. Punisher comics, yeah. When he, when he was, you know, wherever he was. Mm-hmm. And he said when he was in New York, uh, the, his response was different than in L.A. When in, in L.A., the guy's like, oh, dude, come back here, man. I, I, we got all these comics. You, you, got, mm-hmm. you got to read these. And then we, when he goes to New York, he buys that comic, comics, and the guy goes, I know who you are. Don't 
get up. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I guess I'm back in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just cool things that actors do. Uh, and then, uh, just fun little tidbit is R.L. Stein, the infamous R.L. Stein, notorious, will be writing Man-Thing for Marvel. So, I actually might get this, just to see how he writes Man-Thing. Uh, and I also like, as much as I bash on the Marvel comics, I, I do enjoy their monster comics. So they're doing a Carnage run right now, which is a very, like, uh, Cthulhu-esque, um, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraftian kind of run. And I actually really enjoyed that, so I might try out Man-Thing. Um, and I also like, uh, it ended recently, but... Uh, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Howling... Maybe, maybe it was just the all-new Howling Commandos, and it was Dun Dun Dugan, and he had this, like, band of monster misfit heroes. Like, there was a werewolf, uh, a vampire, a zombie, Man-Thing was on the team, um, then there was a, like, Egyptian, uh, sorceress who could, like control hieroglyphics and like portray and like go into the minds of people and make uh egyptian creatures a reality mm. really cool concept um dude so billy d williams yeah as two-faced yeah well you go batman pretty good but i'm also excited for man thing wait what but yeah did you have more to say yeah, but it's okay. We oh, can we can I go on to Billy oh, D. Williams. You pause. Voicing I didn't. Two face. Yeah. No, okay. okay. No, 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 no. Go no, on. No, 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 no. I'm good. Lego Batman. Good. Also is in the works, and uh, yeah, Billy D. Williams is going to be Two Face. That's all we had to say. No, I just didn't know that you had more to say on Man Thing. Yeah, I mean, I was still talking about, it, and then you just interrupted me. No, I didn't. You paused. No, I didn't. But okay, it's fine. That's fine. Arl Stein. No, if you have more to say, no, talk more Billy about Billy D. Williams. Well, I mean, that's that's basically all there is to it. I was just gonna say that I think it's really cool that he's kind of reprising that character. Yeah. Even though it's in a different, you know, form, and he never really played Two Face. No, he played. He played Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Like an older Harvey Dent, which is funny because I'm pretty sure when. It's one of my like things I find annoying about the originals. <laughs> Is him being Harvey Dent. Oh, you didn't like him as Harvey Dent? No. I mean, he he plays a, a fine Harvey Dent. They, it's just weird that then you have Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. I mean, there was such little continuity between yeah. Batman and then Batman Forever. I know. Uh, was he only in 89 or was he in... He was only in Batman 89. Okay. I watched Batman Returns recently and Returns wasn't even... There's a couple things that tie it in that make it a sequel. They reference a couple things like Alfred letting Vicky Vale under the Batcave and uh, Bruce kind of, when he meets Selena Kyle, he's reminded of Vicky Vale for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, the story has nothing to do with it. It's, there's really no continuation. And uh, Batman Forever is actually, after watching the two of those recently, it's got the way better Batman story. It just had a really terrible casting choice for Two-Face and for and for Robin. Yeah. Even though as a kid I, I liked Chris O'Donnell as 
as Robin. I don't I don't think he's the best fit for a Dick Grayson Robin. Yeah. He might have worked for a Jason Todd. But even then, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Not not the way they did it. The movie's just too goofy. Yeah. But it is kind of a funny little like homage to mm-hmm. uh the original that Billy D. Williams is the the guy playing Two Face in Lego Batman. Yeah. Have you seen that trailer? The Lego Batman trailer? Yes. That's a really good trailer. I saw it before I saw Fantastic Beast. It looks really fun. Um, and then Teen Titans Judas Contract is a Teen Titans uh, run from the original comics, and they are doing an animated movie. Uh, and it's going, I can already tell it's going to be lame. Like, it's probably not going to be lame for the people who don't know anything about Teen Titans, but as a person who read original Teen Titans a lot, uh, it doesn't have any of the actual characters that played the Teen Titans. Um, Damian Wayne is playing Robin, uh, and then I don't think they have Starfire, uh, they don't have, uh, Wonder, Wonder Girl, they don't have Speedy, they don't have Aqualad, I don't, I don't know who's playing Kid Flash, um, so it's, it's weird, uh, I was excited when they announced it, and then when I saw who was all going to be in the movie, uh, I was like, I all my excitement went away. So, yeah. It's going to be lame. Yeah, it's going to be lame. Calling it now. And then Aquaman gets a release date for uh, October 5th, 2018, which is super far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wonder Woman gets a set date for June 2nd, 2017, which is also pretty really far, far away. away. Um, which, I mean, it's... It's weird that I say that because there was a time where even Marvel movies were like a year or two away from each other. And now we get two Marvel movies a year. We're going to get three Marvel movies next year. Mm -hmm. So now we're being spoiled by all these superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas with Wonder Woman, I mean, it's barely even a year after Suicide Squad. So it's like, that's... To us, that's a short... I mean, that's a long time, but it's actually pretty short. Mm-hmm. Or in the, as, the, the long aspect. I don't... I don't know. I don't know how DC plans on building any momentum yeah. with waiting till 2018 to release Aquaman. Well, if these long pauses between movies is them actually trying to get the movies right... That's what I was thinking. If they actually... If they're... Taking their time because they're trying to perfect the, the mm-hmm. filming of the movies, that's a good thing. If they're just like, oh, we don't care, which is the part that I'm worried about. Yeah. I mean, it was quite a while before Dark Knight Returns and... Uh, I mean, Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight. It was, but that, I think it that was, was a long movie, though. Yeah. That was pretty I mean, crazy. I mean, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, I think because... They were filming in major cities, and it really felt like you were in a huge city. Mm-hmm. Which uh, there's another one of my gripes about Gotham City in the old '90s movies. It looks like it's Gotham City looks like it's literally two blocks long. Yeah, they only spend time in like Gotham Square, Gotham Plaza, the Monarch Theater, 
in 89 and like outside the museum and town hall like i mean it looks like a set it like that's yeah. the whole thing which i didn't mind with 89 because i thought the set was pretty awesome the set just i don't know it just looks like tim burton vomit in in, in returns i that movie i do not like it as much as i used to yeah we um, went back and watched it mm-hmm. um and then batman for even batman forever kind of feels like I don't know. This it doesn't feel like a huge metropolis, like this this sprawling like, you know, overrun city. Whereas in the Dark Knight movies, even though I think Gotham City looks generic because it's pretty much just Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and it was supposed to be a more realistic version of Gotham City. Yeah. What I think they got right right was like the Narrows and all those areas in Gotham. Like, are it's just there's so many people. Yeah, and it looks like overrun, overpopulated. Disgusting, crazy city. Oh man, I love that scene in Batman Begins where he he's in he's on the rafters mm-hmm. or the the fire escapes, mm-hmm. and it's like this is the rundown part of the city. This is the narrows. Right. Yeah. Um, Cody, what did you think of Rogue One? Uh. That's like a loaded question, man. <laughs> what did you think of Rogue One? It's not that loaded, really. I, uh, um, so I loved it. I loved it, too. Uh, I loved Rogue One. It's... Man. You know, you know what I love most about Rogue One now? It's Star Wars. That's close. Actually, it's more, <laughs> more specific than that. We now have more good Star Wars movies than bad. Yeah. Like... Unofficially, well, I mean, we well, can... people. Because well, pe- here's the deal: people, the, people were saying Force Awakens was kind of split, and I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But now, you have no choice. But per- percentage wise, you can't make any argument for yeah. that. And it's, I'm glad that now we have the original trilogy. We have Force Awakens, which you know, I, I guess it's polarized a little bit. But Rogue One, man, like it's, it's kind of like now there's more. There's, it earned. Yeah. Some cred back for the Star Wars community. And what do you think? Look at the no, reviews. No, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm right there with you. I think what a lot of people need to understand as well is that the... To me, the first third of this movie is not strong. And I, these are my criticisms about the movie. I mean, my main criticism about the movie is the fact that uh, I got terrible trailers. I mean, the trailers we got, we got terrible trailers. Before the movie, number one, that put me off. Uh, I mean, I I don't think everyone had the same trailers that we did, though. No, we, I I've talked to everyone else. They got the good Guardians trailer. We got the lame Guardians. Trailer. So I had to go on YouTube to watch the actual Guardians trailer, yeah. and we got the teaser. Yeah, I mean, I we go. That's we pretty pay, weak. We pay prime seats, man, uh, for good quality seats in this good quality theater, and we get the terrible trailers. Uh, but no, I. I would say my criticism with the movie is the first third has pacing issues. Um, and pretty much after uh, her death... Uh, spoilers, just saying. Spoilers. Uh, so if you have not watched Rogue One, you can turn it off to episode this. We've talked about everything up to Rogue One. Um, we will be talking about in-depth about some stuff mm-hmm. of Rogue One. Uh, for me, it was... Uh, it started to, I was, I was in it for the long haul after her dad died. Right. That's when I was like, okay, we're, we're good. Like the pacing slowed down. Yeah. Like it just kept 
to me it just it seemed crammed the first third it just felt really crammed so that, um, that would be my main criticism um my second criticism would be uh some references we really didn't need like some you should elaborate uh i in my we didn't need c3po rtd2 Oh, you mean just the fact that they quickly showed them? Yeah, and then they're all like, no one ever tells me about the battles, blah, 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 blah. Oh. I'm like, why? Like, you did that because it's Star Wars, but... I mean, when I saw it, I was like, I... You know what, what why I didn't mind it is because they, they do things like that in the new comic book run of Star Wars. Where it's like, oh, there's this character over here who you, who you totally... Yeah, but it's different with these. comics because I can just... Like, I don't know. Just kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with this, it was like... I'm actively, like, in the moment. And then them appearing kind of took me out of the moment. I was just like, what? Because they were also just kind of, like, off to the side, too. Like, it wasn't... And it was just one shot. We didn't know they were there. Like, either take them out of the movie or have them in there... Like, have them there at the beginning where Bale shows up. Like, oh. and, like, have them there for quite a while. It's like, oh, C-3PO and R2-D2 are actually here. Or have them at the end on Yavin. Or on the Tantive Four, Like, in the room where Leia is. That would have been a good, uh, I should say, a better place to put them yeah. is on the Tantive at the yeah. end. Uh, that would be the only place. I didn't um, think they needed that moment. I kind of, I, I will admit, like, I didn't have a problem with it. I don't think that it was, like... And then a also, bad move per se. No. no, these and when I say criticisms, I'm talking about like these things are so insignificant to how great the movie is mm-hmm. that it didn't make me annoyed. Like it was just like I, I, I would say if I were to rewrite the script, I would take them out. Okay. Um, and then another reference I would take out is as much as I enjoyed it, uh, we really didn't need the two guys from the cantina on uh, Judah. Oh, yeah. Or Jada. And he says, you just watch yourself. Yeah. Doctor, uh, can't remember his name. Never can. Because also, did they then immediately get off that planet? <laughs> like, they wouldn't have to have. I'm pretty sure it was quite a, it was, it was quite a bit before, uh. Because they then walk, I mean, it's maybe an hour or two afterwards. What's that? It's like an hour or two afterwards that the Death Star fire. Uh, I guess they got off. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. I was like, out of all the planets to have them on, the yeah. one that they shoot up the city right afterwards. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's kind yeah. of like, oh, what are the odds? Yeah, that that's the planet they shot up, and they just happen to get on the next planet. No, yeah. I mean, not not the next planet that they get shot up, but the next planet in the next movie. Yeah. So they just managed to stay relevant. Yeah, and that was that was my. Only thing is, I mean, I enjoyed. I was like, ah, and then afterwards, I thought, why? Like, why, that, like, like, why like, would they why, be there? Yeah, why would why would they need to be there? Um, that was my only. Those were my only ones. Um, for me, oh, and then you can say this one, but one major one. For me, here's the biggest deal. I thought that the beginning of the movie felt awkward. Mm-hmm. Why? In, in both ways. So, after a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. 
it cuts straight to the first scene, mm-hmm. and and there's no crawl. We knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. However, the one thing I don't think I internalized at the time was, oh, that means you don't get the intro theme music. Yes. It really threw me off. Yes. I didn't like it. Yes. And they should we didn't they get... should have even if it would have been shorter yeah. or s- something. Something. Yeah. Even if even if they did something different like in the beginning. I didn't even need a scroll crawl. I needed the music. We just needed the music in some that, way. The it, scroll crawl just gives you something yeah. to look at while the music's yeah. playing. No, it really felt off, man. Yeah. And then the way it shot into Rogue One. Mhm. It fell out of nowhere. Yeah. For a Star Wars movie. Here's the thing. I applaud them for trying to open up a Star Wars movie differently. And I get that for any other franchise, this would be a really stupid thing to crit- critique is the yeah. way they open it. But, man, it really doesn't feel right. I don't know. If you, didn't, not... if you didn't have that Marvel cinema, like, the comic book thing before the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. But... I would be. I would be put off. But isn't that kind of like the equivalent of like what New Line Cinema does with, with like, you know, the director picture uh, thing coming out? Or like, or like Touchstone? It's kind of just like their little logo. Yeah, but I wouldn't... I think it's because since it's so branded with these movies, that like, if, a, if I never saw that Universal logo in front of a, a Jurassic Park movie, like, oh. it, it wouldn't bother me. But, like, I always look forward to that... Sh- Oh, the, the, the page the page yeah. scrolling thing yeah um it just it just felt a little bit off and yeah. the first 45 minutes of the movie while I thought were for an average for, for any for any other movie I thought it was solid um, it wasn't as instantaneously gripping mm-hmm. as other Star Wars movies Um the scene in the beginning of Force Awakens where Kylo Ren gets off his ship and there's and there's that epic music. Yeah. The whole beginning. There's, there's that crazy... And there's that whole um, intro sequence where, um, you know, it's dark in that little village and everyone's getting shot up and you can see soldiers getting hit. That was gritty. And yeah. they, they did take that to a new level in Rogue One. It really feels like soldiers in combat. Yes. Just in a different setting. Yeah. Which is one thing that a lot of people liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that just the first 45 minutes of Rogue One wasn't Star Wars franchise finest hour. But, no. oh my gosh. The last... The last, last 40 minutes. The last third of this movie. Like, the, I mean, the, the middle two-thirds. The I mean, the middle third of this movie is all right. The first, I... See, that's my thing, is, like, it. this movie builds. Like, it gets better and better the more you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And the last third of this movie is possibly the best. Like, you talk about how the f- the first 40 minutes is not, like, our finest Star Wars. The last 45 minutes is, like, probably the best Star Wars we've gotten on screen. It's pretty damn good. Like, I've never felt... I The last... Especially for me, the last 20 minutes... I was frothing at the mouth. Oh my gosh. I Best space I, battle we've ever gotten. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about the very, very tail end. I don't even know. Do we want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, it's spoilers. The Darth Vader scene where he just annihilates that hallway. 
Hands down. I was just so like, oh my gosh, we're seeing the in- inside of these rebel ships. Yeah. They're gonna... And, and I knew, like, one of these ships is going to be the Tanta Four. Uh-huh. And... Yeah. <sighs> it was so good. I was literally, breath- like, breathtaking. Like, I kind I, of... I kind of actually... I want to go now... I want to go and watch the movie again. Yeah. Right now. Because it was just so good. <laughs> it was... I That scene is just the... It's weird because it's the scene we've always wanted. Yeah. It's the scene we've always wanted. It's the Darth Vader we've always wanted. And I think it's because as as kids, as we grew up, uh, since I grew up in the 90s, it had been, what, like, when I could consciously think of Star Wars, it had been already 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's like 20 years of this character who has a kid who ha- I've seen other movies with action in it. And I see this character, and everyone goes, this guy is, like, the baddest bad, the villain of the villains, mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And I see the movies, and I go, I understand the concept. that this Because guy's... he, the personality of Darth Vader. Yeah, I understand. I am not terrified of this person at all. Like, well, I... You're, you're, you're not, okay, you're not threatened by their combat skills. Yeah, or, you, and I wasn't, no, you, no, as a kid, I'm not joking you, Cody, I had... You, you weren't scared of Dar- the things Darth Vader once, said? Not once. Empire Strikes Back? Not once. I would say that's, I was more that's scared. you. That's I was you. more scared of the the torture droid on, in, on a, I wasn't in particularly Nuvo. afraid of Darth Vader in episode 4. In episode 5, he's pretty terrifying to me. I think uh, I found... When episode, he throws stuff at Luke with the Force in, in Empire, it's, it's pretty terrifying. I, didn't, I wasn't scared of that. In Empire, I was more scared of... You have controlled your fear. Uh, now that scared me. I, me- I remember the, that one... Feeling the very Wampa. dark to me. And uh, w- uh, in, in what? In Empire? Not the Wampa. Yeah. The. Oh my! What's the name of that? In 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 Empire. In, the, in the, the snow monster? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Wampa. Wampa. Yeah, I was more terrified of the Wampa. And that was scary. Well, that was yeah. jumpy. Yeah. And then um, I was scared of the swamp. The Dagobah swamp. Oh, with the, with, with the the creature in the water. The creature in the water. Yeah. Um, as a kid, were you scared of the, uh, the, the, the sewer water, uh, creature? Yes. And then I, I was, too. I was also scared of the cantina scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I never got that terrified feeling from Darth Vader. I, I, it was weird. Like, even to this day, I was like, man, I, I, I just don't get it. Like. I, I, I think they also the wanted you to think that Vader wasn't just a villain. He's just a badass character you're supposed to exactly. like, too. And I, I, that I do get, because I love Darth Vader. I like, do, too. He's the, for anyone who's never heard me talk about Star Wars, Darth Vader is the only villain that I've ever actually, like, at his core, like, I, I like Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, I get that he's a he's terrible. Thrawn is my number two. Oh, Randall Thrawn? Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's... And then Tarkin's my number three. That's the way to go. Yeah. And then Emperor, I mean, Palpatine. I mean, Ian McDiarmid's voice <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Yes. His, but the, the, the acting ability. But, but the Emperor is just a turd. Yeah, he's such a scumbag. He's just like, Lord Vader rises. <laughs> rises. Oh, what your but, uh, <laughs> uh, but that scene at the end of Rogue One, I truly... You I were truly, scared. I was scared of Darth Crapless. Vader. I was scared. Like... Like, that, that part where you have the, the rebel soldier, like, at the door. The door won't open. 
uh, because the airlock well, has been. Look at the way the guys were running. They're like, yeah. go, they're go, like, they're like, go, they're like, go, go. Yeah. And then they're like, and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. we're gonna, we're dying. We're, we're gonna we're die dead. right now. And the guy's like pounding on the door. And it's like you're like, holy crap, what's he's going scared on? for his life. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, open the door, open the door, open the door. We're going to all die. We're going to. And like at the final moment, he's like. I'm going to die. Take the plans. Like, yeah, when you get this he out. passes it on. And the whole the time I'm going, I'm going, get those plans through the door. Get those plans through the door. Like, I was freaking out. You want the plans, you, yeah. you, you want them to get the plans safe, yeah. but you also want to see as many guys get killed. Oh, yeah, Darth but Vader. at the same time, I was like, yes, murder them all. Because and, it's, it's Darth Vader. Yeah. And he did. And he did it so wonderfully. There's that scene and where he pushes back, like, several guys. He pushes them all back. He pushes them all backwards. He throws a guy on the ceiling as he's walking by the guy. He chops him in half. And then, like, then he catches the guy's blaster with his hand and shoots it back at him. Like, or catches the blaster, the laser bolt in his hand and then throws the laser bolt back at the guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? So here's my, my, uh... My thing, I think it's part of this technology, what what they're capable of doing yes. at the time. They didn't want to go outside their means. Also, imagination. I don't think. I honestly don't think Lucas had thought of all those things yet. No, I don't think at the time he had thought of because in Empire he's throwing a lot of stuff at Luke in that fight on mm-hmm. on Cloud City. I don't think he really ever force push. I don't think you really see force push at all in the original series. I don't... Is there really one... Does Luke do it? In Return of the Jedi. I don't know if he does it on a person. I think... Doesn't he throw... Mm, I feel like he used it in the Rancor scene. He uses... I I was told um, by someone that when he throws the the rock, that he was guiding it with the Force. Which makes sense. Oh, no, no. I wasn't told. They say that in uh, the Thrawn trilogy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I don't. So, I think so it's, 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 it's cool because yeah, it's technology. But also, like I said, George Lucas, George Lucas' imagination. I don't think he had thought of everything. Uh, you see Yoda and Vader move things. You see Luke move things, mm-hmm. and you see uh, Vader block blaster bolt with his hand. Yeah. Um, you never really see Darth Vader go all out like force push someone to a wall. Or, like, he basically had the guy, like, suctioned to the ceiling. Yeah. Like, it was, like, crushing his body, and yeah. then he chops him in half. And I think the the reason this scene was so important for me is, first of all, the terrifying thing. I, I was now legitimately scared of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I was legitimately scared of Darth Vader. And, uh, second of all, I can now see that this That's is... That's a huge thing in Lords of the Sith, the, yes. the, 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 the novel... Yeah. Is like this guy was feared. He would go yeah. on. He would he would board double ships yeah. and destroy people. Yeah, and then second, uh, I can now see that this character used to be Anakin Skywalker. Right. I I've I never saw that in the original trilogy. Like I knew he was used to be because they had because they had to develop it afterward. Yeah, because Anakin Skywalker was an excellent swordsman. Mm-hmm. In the in the prequels, like he was a great fighter, mm-hmm. and it's like you don't really see that. Mm-hmm. You see the terrible sword bat lightsaber battle between him and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. uh, and then you see him. I still I, like the samurai sword fighting style in Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, and I still like it in Empire Strikes. Um, there is because of technology, the stylization yes. is is superior now. Yeah. 
Um, and the music in the new movie with yeah. it, it with the Vader scenes yes, was great. So good. Speaking of which, I know some people said like we didn't need the middle scene with Vader, and that it would have been bigger and bolder if we had seen Vader for the first time just just when that battle was starting at the end. I I'm, I personally disagree. Really? Because I wanted to hear James Earl Jones talk in the Darth oh, Vader yeah. voice. Yeah. And I want and I thought they gave him a fantastic line. Do not choke on your aspirations. <laughs> like, a lot of people hated that. That Darth Vader was making dad puns. Huh? That Darth Vader made a dad pun. What, what, what was the dad pun? The choke. He literally was choking. Oh, you mean, oh, ma- 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 oh made a dad joke. Yeah. Okay. Puns are dad jokes. So I was yeah. like, What's a dad pun? We, we, you said a dad, well, a dad pun. Is, yeah. uh, oh, so I, I, no, I thought you, I thought you said he, I thought you were, you, you were, you were pun off the word dad. Yeah, I was oh, like, I was like, when no. did he do that? No, no, like, no. Like, like, I'm your father too. Or just, you know, <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, no, I, I thought that was, I thought that was funny. He makes, he makes puns like that in, um, the old expanded universe books. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. That honestly sounds like people being shallow, but that's just what I think. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the pun thing, that didn't bother me. Uh, to me... I thought it was badass to make a dad joke after choking someone. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's hilarious. I think to me... In a cool way. In when you're saying people would have thought would have made a, a bolder... Made the movie more bold without it. Um, I actually can see that. Like, if we hadn't seen Darth Vader at all, uh, and then we only get the line where he's where Tarkin says, uh, "Take care of the planet. Darth Vader will take care of the fleet." Like if we just get that line, and then you see the rebels like running in the hallway, and the lights go off, mm-hmm. and then you just hear, and then the lightsaber turns on. You go, "Holy crap! Darth Vader is here!" And then boom, he just annihilates everyone. And then boom. Like, I guess I was just so excited already that I didn't. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't take out the movie. I'm just... Once again, if I had to, like, re-edit, I probably, I probably wouldn't have that scene. I, I, I liked it. I also, for some reason, his neck... The neck part of his mask looked off uh, in that scene. His, his cape yeah, was different. Like, it was, like, bigger. Like, it looked weird to me. The whole time, that was the only thing going through my mind. Um, in that... In the mustard part scene. Your brother said that, too. Really? Yeah, like, I... I didn't really care about it. So all, all that I noticed was that his cape was attached by some other kind of uh, clip. Yeah. Other and than just, a chain. He, he has a chain that goes it, across his And it heart. was, like, it was bigger. Like, it, to me, it, it looked off. Like, that's the only thing. It could have been made bigger because <laughs> maybe they got a bigger actor. Yeah. Or, I think, what it is is... It was probably form-fitted on a different actor. I don't think it was the same guy. No, it was definitely not the same guy. The same guy is like 70-something. Um, no, uh, it was... I also might be thinking, since it's digital and super clean, that we're now seeing... It might look different just because we're seeing all of it, like, cleanly. I don't know. That's possible, yeah. Although, I don't think... I do wish they had kept the chain link clip on his uh, cape there, because wouldn't he be wearing the exact same cape that he wore during... Yeah. That's what I'm... I agree to see it again, see if 
the the suit looks different in the final battle. Was that? I need to see if the suit looks different. Oh, you mean you mean if maybe he's wearing a different suit? Yeah, it's possible. And then also the weird thing of having his, like I've tried to justify it, uh, the weird thing of having his base on Mustafar. Like I've I've able I've now been like yeah because this was literally the birthplace of Darth Vader, like this is his home, um, but then it's also. Yeah, but it's also the most traumatizing point of his life. Yeah. This is where it happened. I wasn't, <laughs> it's like, it wasn't honestly until we got out of the theater that it was pointed out to me. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't paying attention to what planet that was on. Oh. Yeah. Like, I guess that that is weird. Yeah. Like, I, I, didn't, I understand. I didn't, it's I like, didn't pick it's, up on that. It's super weird that his base of operations would be there. Um, it is in my... It is... A poor choice on the the screenwriter's part, um, but then I was also trying to justify it. Of he, Anakin is dead to him. Darth Vader, and that's where Darth Vader was actually born. Yeah. But then, uh, well, I loved and feel like I was the only one, just because I'm the only one who actually watched Rebels, is there was lots of Rebels references in this mm. movie and uh at one scene um when they first land on yavin uh when mon mothma like walks up to the the ship mm-hmm. uh you actually see chopper the droid mm-hmm. he's uh he's in the background yeah and it was really cool to see him uh you see the ghost which is the the rebels ship that they drive um, the main ship of the Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. You see that in multiple shots. It's in the last battle. It's parked on Yavin uh, at one point. Uh, over the intercom, they say, uh, General Syndulla, uh, please report to the hangar bay. And uh, um, Hera Syndulla is the captain of the ghost. So it's really cool to see that. Uh, or even just to hear that. I was like, oh! When I heard it, even though I was the only one. And, uh, and then the Hammerhead Cruiser. That was probably the biggest one, is the Hammerhead Cruiser was stolen by Leia and the Rebels in the Star Wars Rebels TV show. Mm-hmm. It was stolen from the Empire. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see that I know why the Rebels have these ships. Right. Uh, and then the Hammerhead being used in a... T- totally cool way that I had like no idea and then now I think about it and it just makes total sense the hammerheads are ramming cruisers uh, that they use to ram into a Death Star to when its engines got taken out to then push that Death Star into another Death Star I mean uh, the Star Destroyer mm-hmm. and it's like that's awesome mm-hmm. uh, and for those who don't know that the hammerhead Star Cruisers were also originally uh introduced in the Knights of the Old Republic games, which were the ancient Jedi games, Mm -hmm. uh, which were decanonized when uh, Disney took over. over. So a lot of people are happy that these cruisers are still in the Star Wars universe because it could hint at uh, the Old Republic. um, And hopefully... I'm happy they're bringing in expanded universe things back into play. Yeah. Because I think Disney is smart and they recognize... That 
though continuity got really you know sketchy and there was just a lot of things going wrong. Too many writers writing mm-hmm. too many different stories. Apparently, and, the and reason. But like, with uh, with Disney, they realized like they, these these other writers still had some good ideas like yeah. Thrawn keeping Thrawn in there is a yes. very smart choice well and he's just too good of a villain to let go there was an article about Kathleen Kennedy just recently um and she was saying that her and Lucas wanted to make uh Rogue One like movies like movies outside of the main Star Wars mm-hmm. uh episodes outside of the Skywalker mm-hmm. line and uh, they couldn't because there was the continuity was so messed up in the expanded universe mm-hmm. that they couldn't they couldn't do anything they couldn't make any more stories because hmm. uh, it was just so messy and so that's why when Disney took over and Disney made her the head of LucasArts uh, that was the first thing she did um, huh. was decanonize everything so that way they could do these stories start fresh yeah makes sense I don't think because Kyle Katarn was the originally the one that stole the Death Star plans. That's right. Yeah. With, uh, Kalkatarn and... Starts with a J. It's like Jinno or something like that. Oh, that's right that it was Kalkatarn. Yeah. Um. Oh, there... So, before we get off the Rogue One topic, I mm-hmm. actually wanted to address, to address a few other things. So... I'm going to bring up them all right now, and I want to hear what you have to say about each one of them. Okay. So, a couple problems pe- people brought up. I don't necessarily have a problem with all these things. It's just yeah. things other people brought up. Yeah. No, let's talk about this. Face crafting. D- CG face crafting. Loved it. I did, too. Yeah. I thought there were a couple parts where it's like, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, but it was it was awesome. I thought I thought it worked. Worked for continuity better than any other alternative. What, yes. what, what else would you have done? Uh, the only thing I could have seen is... A little bit less of... Uh, Tarkin's face moving. Yes, focusing better on just like maybe like a part of his face. Not him. not as many scenes with him. I was just gonna say maybe keep the dialogue, but maybe have some scenes where he's yeah. facing the other direction. Yeah, or where it's a side shot of his face. Yeah, but that scene where he says you may fire, you may when, fire ready, when ready. That was like it was like that was straight spot on, straight from episode four. Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. I thought, and then um, also the reason the reason. I enjoyed the face crafting as much. Like I understand, understand, and there's so many people that are like, "Man, the technology just isn't there yet. Like we, it's too clean. Like it's you can see it too much." And to me, it's like, "Well, then when is it going to be ready? Like we need to start working on it. We yeah. need to show it and be like, look at what we can do so far. I think and then it's get still the reception and be like, "Hey, this is what you need to change. Okay, let's work on changing that. You don't just build something." And then, like, have it perfect right out the gate. Right. Um, so it needs to be constructive criticism, but don't just go out and be like, CGI sucks, man. Uh, because when he turned around, I was all like, holy crap. Yeah, I was Because in my head, I was like, oh, they got Tarkin. I've been saying for a long time, Tarkin is going to be in Rogue One mm-hmm. in some form. I, or I knew he was going to be. And I, I never had any I was doubt. like, when they had the, when he was turned... I was like, oh, they're going to do the whole, like, the back side of the head. He's going to talk, but we're not going to really see Tarkin. Mm-hmm. And then he turned around, and I was all like, holy crap, that is Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Like, that is Tarkin. It's, that's insane. And, yeah, there was moments when I knew it was CGI. I knew it was CGI from the beginning. And it's like... But it was still, you got, I got I was, chills. I was just like, this is awesome. And then, 
the same thing with Leia. Mm-hmm. Like, when, well, I got end, chills when I saw her from behind. I was like, they're actually showing us Leia. I, I was like, I was like, there's Leia. That's awesome. And then when she turns around and she's like, they gave us hope. Yeah. And I was like, you you mean like a new hope? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like what? Huh. And then oh, she looked just like Carrie Fisher. And the, like, she sounded just like her, too. Oh, so good. Um, okay, so, so was, two big Easter eggs for people who are true, like, followers of Star Wars. Pe- people who recognize any little nuance in uh, A New Hope. Like, even people who love Star Wars, if, if you haven't seen A New Hope enough times, you might forget that role, uh, Red Leader and Gold Leader were yes. taken straight out of A New Hope. Straight out. And I will say this, though... You could tell that it was taken straight out. Mm-hmm. It looks so clean. Well, you, uh, like I found out why. It looks. It's great. actually unused footage. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, it's unused footage from A New Hope. Like and they was, just cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. They were like, "We never use this in the movie, so let's just put them in." I thought it looked great. Yeah. No, I I really liked it a lot. Um. And then, because those guys would be in that fight. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to not include the fact that, Rose, also, that Red Leader and Gold Leader were in that fight. I do want to point out, before you get to the next point, uh, this movie explains so much of A New Hope. Right. Oh, that, and that was the other thing I was going to get at, not about complaints, but... Yeah. but um, Praises. Yeah. Praises. This movie single-handedly wrapped up the loophole in of A New, New Hope. Hope and now you can't complain. No. Because it was explained beautifully. Yeah. Because we know the guy who created the Death Star put um, a fault in it so that the intentionally rebels could, so the rebels could take it out. Because he knew they were going to create the Death Star anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It was. It, and yeah, then beautiful. What was I going to say? Oh, I was always blown away by the lack of sh- fighters that the Rebel Alliance had. Like, you get into A New Hope, there's, like, barely any X-Wings. Yeah, that's like There's barely any... But that was budget. But they explained it in this movie. They all... All those ships and all those those fighters died. Died. It's like, they sent in the fleet, and they got wiped out. Yeah. Like, that's that's why we have barely any of these these people. Yeah, and I know people who were... Originally, griped that it was you know a bummer that everyone died. Of course, they died. Yeah, they were the rebel. They were the rebel spies. Yeah, and we don't and, have any of those characters in A New Hope. So. Yeah, there's the, why would you? Well, that's the thing is Jin and I forget his name. Cassio. Cass, they were too. They were too. Uh, awesome. Like if 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 they had. Yeah, especially if they, Cassio. If, if they like, if they had lived, they why? I mean, there'd be no explanation as to yeah. why they weren't in, in Episode Four. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't they be a part of that main group of rebels? Yeah. I get you, bro. So I think the fact that they, that they you know, wrote them into the story but killed them off makes perfect sense. What was the other reference you were going to talk about? You I said think... there was two references. Well, that I... Gold was... Leader and Red Leader. Well, it was mostly two... It was mostly the, the face grafting, and then what was the other one that I mentioned that people didn't like too much was... Uh... Everyone dying. I think I covered all the bases. Okay. Mine is Red 5. Yeah, that was cool. That, that Red we, 5 dying. He, di- he died, so it explains why that void wasn't filled. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we got Blue Milk. 
Oh, I loved that. That was great. Uh, I have a list of references. Yeah, I, I, I loved that. That was such a good touch. Um, I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Um, um, what haven't we covered? Krennic's a douchebag. The power's immeasurable. <laughs> His voice just sucks. He's just a turd. I think that's the point of the character, though. Oh, I know. Like... He's just a turd. He is someone who thinks he's all that, and then Tarkin can come, just come in and be like, nope, this is mine. And he then whines. He goes, that was actually... Goes the Darth you Vader know, okay, to whine. So here's the reason why I liked the Vader scene more than anything, mm-hmm. was because I hated Krennic, and I wanted yeah. him to see... I wanted to see him get humiliated. Yeah. And to see Vader humiliate him... Yeah. ...was good. It was good. Um... Because it show, cause that showed right there that Vader didn't really have a whole lot of respect for him. He ain't all that. Yeah. Because Vader would never force choke Tarkin. No. Never would. Not that he couldn't. You know, he has the the force powers, you know, capable of, but Vader would never want to force choke Tarkin. No. So I, the fact that he wanted to is like, Vader knows this guy is kind of a piece of crap. Yeah. Um... What else did I, did I really like? Oh, gosh. Well, we can't just not talk about Donnie Yen's martial arts. Oh, so good. And, uh... That scene... I don't remember the actor's name, but his character's name is Baze. With, oh, with when, when he takes down those fighters? The, or the, uh, the stormtroopers? When Donnie Yen's fighting them? Yeah, afterwards? Yeah. Where you... You almost shot, shot me. me! You're welcome. Yeah. Uh... No, Baze. He was a cool character, too. He was cool. Uh, we want to get into... No. Okay. Uh, and then... <laughs> uh, I like the pilot. I actually just realized that the person who played the pilot uh, was uh, a character in a movie called Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Really good movie. Anyone who hasn't seen it should definitely go see it. Oh, um, that you. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. His was the saddest death for me. I tell everyone this. His was the most impactful death out of anyone. Hmm. Everyone else is like, I, I knew they were going to die. The pilot was the one that was like, because he didn't see his death coming. Like, K2S... What happened to him again? K2S2... Two, two, is it K... K2S0? I can't remember. It's just K2. Yeah, K2. That's just what I call him. Um, his, I was like, he knew he was going to die. And he went out awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that was great. Uh, the I knew Donnie Yen was going to die. I mean, he knew he was going to die. Uh, then Baze pretty much suicide, suicide, kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, no, the the pilot with the grenade after he relays the message. The, oh. the stormtrooper throws the grenade into the ship and just explodes. And I'm just like, man... Yeah. Like, his is the one that's like, oh, no. Everyone else is like, yeah, it, that sucks, but... It know. wasn't really a bummer to me that everyone died because it made it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I wasn't bummed out that it's people supposed, died. It's supposed it to be was the one that was like, a quick but horrible moment in yeah. the Rebels, you know, timeline. It's it's like they, they, they 
are able to carry the baton on in in the war, but they kind of lost a lot in that yeah. battle. And Star Wars really needed this because every single Star Wars movie up to this point, none of the main characters have died. You mean it, unless you, they're you old. mean none of the young characters, right? Yeah, unless they're old, and that's the mentor characters. Yes, and even Yoda, then, Ben Han. Yeah, even then you're like, okay, there are the old mentor characters; they can die off, right? Um, but none of the main like young protagonists have died, and so I think that's why it's this weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, the stormtroopers won. We're not used to stormtroopers winning. It's yeah, the same they hit every, They hit. They hit everything. Yeah. It's that same feeling you get with uh, Hoth. When Hoth yeah. is when Hoth is being destroyed, you have the the rogue speeders coming out. You have all of this happening, and you're going, "Yes, they're going to take out the Empire. They, the Walkers are going down." Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, they lost. It's like that sense of despair. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing when Luke gets his hand chopped off. You're like, "What the heck?" Like Han Solo's and Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Um, this one was kind of the same. And that was like, the the. Rebels are all dying. All the main rebels died on the planet. Uh, Darth Vader just murdered all those rebels. It's like, man. And then we get the movie A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And so, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, would you now show this movie to your kids before they see A New Hope? Or would you have them watch the original trilogy first? Because <sighs> this is just me. I still feel that because of technology... And, um... The major difference between these two movies would throw them out. Right. Um... I think I would show A New Hope, not show the others. I would show A New Hope and then show them this movie. Yeah. And then I would show them Empire Strikes Back and then show them Episode 3. Episode 3, Rune of the Sith, yeah. after Empire? Yeah. And then I would show them Return of the Jedi. Is that part? Is that part of that? What what they say is the perfect way to watch them. The perfect way to watch it is four, five, two, three, and six. Gotcha. So I mean, it's four, five, two, three, six, huh? Yeah. Why was it that not two, three, four, five, six? Uh, we all know why you don't watch episode one. Because happens. because you really don't want to watch two and three. Um, oh, the reason you don't want to watch uh, 2 and 3 before 4 and 5 mm-hmm. is because if you're showing this to someone who has who's absolutely nothing about Star Wars, uh-huh. absolutely nothing, the reveal that Darth Vader is Luke's father is is ruined by episode 3. Oh. Or episode 2 and 3. Because he's Anakin Skywalker. That's true, yeah. So you show episodes 4 or 5, they're like... He's his father. What? And then you show two and three. This is what Anakin, this is how he became Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and then you have episode six where it's, you okay. have the relationship with, between Darth Vader I and I remember the watching the YouTube, there's a YouTube video on it, right? Where a guy like breaks it down. Uh, I think I watched I, I read an article where a guy broke it down. Um, we watched a, we watched a different version of episode two and three. I remember that. That was different. That was awesome. That was actually really cool. Yeah. The film noir, like... Yeah, the noir prequel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. That's Rogue One. I enjoyed it. I give it a... It's my second favorite Star Wars movie. It's... It's my fifth favorite. 
Okay. Behind A New Hope. Huh? I mean, behind Force Awakens. Yeah, I just I like Force Awakens a lot. Yeah. So where, where? I mean, how do you rank your favorites though? Uh, Empire, Rogue One, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens. I mean, and then I just you know the last. I know. I think I put Revenge of the Sith above Attack of the Clones. I definitely do. And then Phantom one thing um, one of my friends is saying is that he still likes the fact that. Uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith how the movies are a little more colorful and whimsical than Rogue One like, the, like similar to the original trilogy uh, he, he prefers that versus the gritty like in the trenches take which is in Rogue One whimsical oh whimsical I can get but the colorful of the originals I never got that that's why I hated about the prequels what's up I, I didn't like the settings of the prequels. So, I mean, I I think I'm... I, I more mean, like... Colorful is probably the wrong word, then, to describe it. I mean, this isn't my idea, though, either. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to reword something someone else said to me. I think the the one thing that I... Colorful... No, let's let's disregard the word colorful. If, if the prequels... Some people liked that the, the, the prequels had this sense of, like, wonder and, okay. and fun to the them. The adventure. Yeah. I think if... The prequels were a hundred to two hundred years before the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I would, I would like them more. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are like twenty years mm-hmm. before, and you have the prequels which are clean, like everything's just clean. Mm-hmm. Even when they like are on Tatooine, it doesn't make everything any sense. is clean. And then you get the original tr- tr- trilogy twenty mm-hmm. years later, and everything is dirty, like just scummy. Mm-hmm. It's like. How? Like, how did this happen? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, we still have clean stuff from the 1950s and 1940s. Mm-hmm. It's like, did, did people just forget to clean? Yeah, I, I always thought that was just yeah. a big jump. So just the settings, like... Because, yeah, the Old Republic was a lot yeah. more, like, perfect looking. Yeah. It was very, like, it was very, like proper looking. Yeah. But, no, I mean, if, if, if a gritty Star Wars isn't, like, what you were looking for, then I can see how Rogue One wouldn't be your fave but I, I don't know I actually thought that it fit and I think that's what makes to me that's what makes this movie great is we didn't get another like this isn't episode 8 this no. isn't this is a the reason those movies are full of wonder and whimsicalness is cause there is in between stories that happen to make these stories happen and Rogue One was one of them we didn't uh, like at the beginning of episode four of A New Hope, we didn't need to see all the rebels dying. I mean, we did <laughs> on Tantive Four, but like we didn't need to see them getting the Death Star plans and and then all dying. No. Um, this movie filled that gap and showed us that they were desperate, that yeah. they needed Luke at the very end. Well, the movie was. Or they needed Obi Wan is what they were going. The to. movie, like, yeah, it it did show that they were desperate, and it showed how, what a, what a hell uh, of a hard time those soldiers went through. Yeah, because in the beginning of Episode Four, it tells you that plans were stolen by rebel spies. Yeah. You just don't know to what lengths yeah. they went to, and how the Death Star was created, and why it had the flaw. Yeah. Those were the things that I thought really. Rogue One just, you know, did a nice job of explaining. 
But yeah, so that's Rogue One. Good movie. Go see it. Andrew, you have favorite recent... I, I read something this week, and that was Green Lanterns, uh, which is the current Green Lantern run. Well, it's one of the two. There's Hal Jordan in the Green Lanterns, the Green Lantern Corps, and then there's Green Lanterns. And Green Lanterns focuses on the two lanterns on Earth, who is Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, or Jennifer Cruz, one of the two. I think it's Jessica Cruz. Uh, and... Hal has made a decision that there's not just going to be one Green Lantern, but there's actually two. Um, <clears throat> and it's an interesting dynamic. Ugh. Like, they can't charge their rings unless both of them are present uh, to oh, do weird. it. Uh, and uh, they actually, they're currently, right now, they have uh, the Phantom Lantern, who is uh, one of the Guardians, uh, Guardians of Oa, who got banished mm -hmm. um he created a ring called the phantom ring which was anyone could wear it like it didn't need to choose anyone and it had the uh emotional spectrum of all the rings mm. so you could use any color uh and so a person has gotten a hold of it and he's become the phantom lantern and it's a person who's been trying to be a green lantern all his life like he saw hal jordan and he's like and he built his life around trying to become a Green Lantern. Then he saw that Jon Stewart became a Green Lantern. He's like, what the heck? And then Guy Gardner became a Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. And so he was just angry. And then the ring was going to choose him. But at last second, it chose Simon Baz. And so that made him even more angry. Uh, and then, then he's like, now there's two of them, Jessica Cruz. And so uh, when he finally got his hands on the Phantom Ring... He's now trying to be the good guy, but since the Green Lanterns, he didn't have, the ring didn't choose him, so the Green Lanterns have to take it away from him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's trying to be good, but since there's all the emotional spectrums, like, his greed is taking over, his anger, his fear, like, all of that is affecting him, mm -hmm. um, so he's becoming even more powerful and deadly. Yeah. It sounds pretty Green Lantern-ish. Yeah, it's, it's good. Good. But yeah. Well, wow. thank you for... That's a long, another long episode. I like it. I liked it. But uh, <sighs> thank you for listening to our podcast, Origins and Adaptations. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Origins and Adaptations or at O&A Pod on Twitter. And uh, ask us any questions, leave any comments. We uh, post there every now and then. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you.